Hello everybody and welcome to our podcast on today, the International Day of Friendship. I'm Eleanor. And I'm Lauren. And I'm Catherine. Three students currently training to be journalists and we thought we'd sit down today to chat about all things friendship. The past years obviously changed friendships quite a lot and the International Day of Friendship is a UN organised day to highlight the importance of friendship within society. We thought we'd get together today to chat a little bit about friendship, how it's changed in the past year and how you can make friends in your 20s because that can sometimes be a bit of a tricky situation. I don't know what your guys' experiences are. Yeah, I think when you when you leave school and university, you sort of don't necessarily have those like ready-made groups of friends that you would have had. You're not always spending all your day with the same people who are like the same age as you, have the same interests. I think when you go out into like having jobs and stuff you have to maybe try and make connections with people that you wouldn't necessarily choose to I think it can change um yeah the way you make friends yeah I absolutely agree but I feel like in a good way going into university or or a workplace you kind of do make friends that you you never thought that you would and you get to meet people that you never would unless you was in that situation I feel like for me it's, it's weird because I'm not really friends with people that I was was still friends with at like primary school or secondary school there's like one or two people that are reach out to and we meet up like maybe once once a couple of months or something but it's always the people that I'm presently doing something with or see people all the time that I count as my my closest friends and I feel like it's just the amount of quality time that you get to spend with someone makes you closer sort of thing yeah and I think maybe it's almost a nice thing that actually the friends you have aren't necessarily those ready-made friends because it means that you have to make a real effort to spend time with the people that you want to spend time with. Like I know that I'm not necessarily in touch with a lot of people that I went to school with, but the people that I am in touch with, because you've had to make that effort to stay in touch, you know that you're not just friends by convenience, you're probably friends because you've got a lot in common and want to be friends, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What is it they say if you're friends for more than five years or something then you're always going to say yeah I was going to say I read it was like seven years if you've known someone for more than seven years then they're like your friend for life basically maybe that's because they've then got too much dirt on you at that point for you to ever fall out (laughs) (laughs) my best friend we've been close since we were about four and I was like you know far too many embarrassing things about me for us to ever not be friends at this point (laughs) I also think it's the fact it doesn't matter if you don't see each other you just pick up where you left off like it's it's not awkward it's never oh I don't really know what to say it's, it's been so long it's just boom let's have a chat let's have a catch-up which I think is the best type of friendship. Do you find that that's been the same over Covid or do you think that people have been putting a bit more pressure on you to stay in constant communication just because we had nothing else to do really? Mm, I think in some ways there's people that because I moved back home during the pandemic so I wouldn't have been seeing my friends as much anyway. And I think it was nice because it felt like we were quite regularly in touch with each other. I think also because we were all just sitting at home, we were all didn't really have much to do and we were missing each other and thinking about each other a lot. And that kind of, I guess, spurred us on to like spend more time talking over Zoom or over house party or whatever it is. And also I met through one of my other friends who was on like a pub quiz team, which obviously then had to go virtual. I like joined their like Zoom pub quiz team and I met like a load of new people who I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, that's lovely. Hmm. 
did you find the novelty of the pub quiz though like I definitely the, the, the quizzes got to me and I was just like you know what guys I I can't take another general knowledge round <laughs> even pre-pandemic I was not a quiz person <laughs> I actually am quite into quizzes but yeah like it slowly began to sort of morph into just general like hanging out we at one point we were all like writing a different round each week we still like have like a group chat and stuff and I might see them occasionally so yeah so that's actually carried on like as we're coming out of the yeah. pandemic and, and lockdown and stuff you still speak to them and hopefully meet them in person and stuff that's yeah, really nice I think I had a lot of friends previously that I would never speak to and then would kind of rely on oh well, when I meet up with them it's completely normal and I don't need to keep in touch with them and then obviously when a global pandemic happens and you can't speak to each other all the time or face to face then you kind of have to establish that virtual relationship that never really existed so that was quite strange did you guys find the same yeah like <clears throat> my group of girlfriends from uni we when we get together it's like non-stop chit chat all of that but then we took it onto zoom and it was almost there was some like quiet moments and people were just sitting there and it was like well what, well, what do I say now it's, it's that constant pressure to feel like you, you have to feel dead air because you're online and you're just staring at each other so I feel like that definitely put a pressure on things and maybe that's why why the quizzes came in and stuff. So it was something to do rather than just sitting on Zoom and being like, well, how's everyone been? And you had nothing to say. So it, it definitely made conversation harder, I think. Yeah, because no one was really doing anything either. Everyone's like, what have you been up to this week? It's like exactly the same as I was last week. No, lots of conversations about like, oh, what have you been watching on Netflix? That's nice. <laughs> Me too. So I was doing a little bit of research into like the background of International Day of Friendship and it turns out it's actually a United Nations thing um, and so I was looking on their website and it says that through friendship by accumulating bonds of camaraderie and developing strong ties of trust we can contribute to the fundamental shifts that are urgently needed to achieve a sustainable society. I didn't realise that friendship was so valued by the UN and like, I guess it is kind of integral to peace. I always just think of it as on quite a trivial level of like, ah, oh, how are my mates doing today? But actually, I guess, yeah, being able to communicate with each other and that sort of thing actually is a little think, bit more profound. I think society has not always encouraged us to like, because I've been, I was doing like um, a bit of research about um, watching this video on YouTube about sort of the differences between like romantic relationships and friendships and society and how it's portrayed in the media. And they were basically saying that um, people aren't encouraged to view friendships as important as sort of other relations, like, you know, the relationship you might have with your partner or with your parents or whoever. But actually, considering like the state of the world at the moment, I think that the way, you know, clearly the UN agrees that the way forward is, you know, through forging close relationships with other people, platonic or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, I think your friendships often like define how you view other people or how you might develop a romantic relationship or stuff like that. Like if they get on with your friends or if you get on with them as a friend, first of all, I think it all starts from friendship, which I think, yeah, people might often not realise. And I guess that's why the loneliness and that sort of thing over the past year has had such a horrific impact on all of us, because actually... I think having friends and being able to interact with people is a lot more important than we think, isn't it? So this leads quite nicely onto some work that um, the think tank Onward have done. 
and they've basically created a report called the age of alienation and it basically looks at the collapse in community and belonging among young people and basically how the pandemic has meant that um, people do not feel a sense of belongingness or a sense of neighborliness in their communities in their local communities or even with friends they've found it so much harder to engage with people so like sports clubs or hobbies people, young people in generation z and millennials they aren't joining these groups they aren't putting themselves out there it's very much isolating and it was really fascinating i spoke with francesca from onward um, to talk about more about their research and their findings Hi Francesca, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Hi Lauren, thank you so much for having, us, for having me on. So can you tell us a bit more um, about Onward and what they kind of do and everything like that? Yeah, of course. So um, we are a think tank that was set up around sort of two years ago now, so we're still quite young, um, which really sought to try and develop sort of policy solutions, practical policy solutions um, to put forward some new ideas, particularly around sort of questions of levelling up, so how we rebalance some of our economy, but also how we strengthen communities across the UK, because I think we were created with a feeling that a lot of people feel left behind across the country, and we wanted to try and rectify that where we can. Going on to a bit more uh, about the age of alienation research that you did, can you tell us a bit more about that and what that research kind of found out about um, millennials and Generation Z? Yeah, of course. So um, the research that we published about two weeks ago, as you said, Age of Alienation, is part of a wider programme of work, um, which is really looking at uh, why our social fabric, so our communities and our social sense of belonging, have frayed over the last couple of years. And what our research found is that we hear a lot about um, assets of place when you think of community. So community groups and green spaces and places to come together. And these things are really important. But actually, one of the strongest predictors is age. So we found that young people are considerably less likely to feel attached to their community. And this leads them struggling to form their own relationships as a result. So, for example, one of our most shocking findings was that one in five under 35 year olds report having one or no close friends. Um, this is much higher than any other age group. And this percentage has trebled in the last decade as well. They're also less likely to trust others, to be members of a group, to speak or borrow to neighbours. Um, and this is increasingly the case. So, for example, compared to 20 years ago, under 35s are a third less likely to speak to their neighbours and a third less likely to borrow or exchange favours from them. So it's not just that young people are less attached to their community and their older groups, but it's increasingly the case amongst today's generation. Why do you think this has kind of happened? Is it due to the pandemic or is it due to maybe social media influence and stuff like that what kind of aspects did you put it down to do you think so this is a really good question it's exactly what we wanted to get into um and i think the the question about the pandemic is it has exacerbated it for sure but it's definitely not caused it this this decline in social trust and neighborliness among young people uh has actually been happening for quite a long time and so what we're seeing right now is likely to be a continuation of that and your question around social media is also something we wanted to look into. So if we think about social media, lots of people think it might be the cause of this, uh, that people aren't making sort of physical relationships in person because they're online. Um, or the other school of thought is maybe it's mitigating the problem because maybe people have fewer relationships in person, but more online. And so this is something that we wanted to look into. And what we found is that 
whilst young people are more likely to think the internet plays a key role in their lives than older people, um, for example, helping them to form their views, um, helping them to get through tough times and all these things. Actually, when asked about social groups and relationships, which I think is what we want to get into, they're still more likely to disagree rather than agree that some of my closest friends are those that I've met online. And they're also more likely to disagree with the statement than agree that socialising online is as good as socialising in person. So what this leads us to believe is that whilst it can play a role, and it definitely does among young people, it's, def it's not a substitute for these sort of in-person close friends that we're so used to. Going forward, and if nothing changes or if these effects keep on happening, what do you think the long-term effects will be for these generations? Again, a very good question. I think one, one of the things that we've found is there's a strong correlation between a weaker sort of social fabric. So one of the things we've done in the past is we've looked at the whole of the UK and the strength of community by looking at lots of things like how um, engaged people are, how much people volunteer, their access to pubs and post offices and all these things that we associate with our community. And what we find is that actually there is a strong correlation between a weak social fabric and political volatility. For example, the Brexit vote, there's a much higher leave vote share in places that have a weaker social fabric. Um, and so there's political volatility, but there's also just civic engagement, which is a really important part of our democracy and how people feel a sense of belonging and feel they're listened to. And the less people feel they can be involved in their community, the more likely they're gonna feel that their, their views aren't, aren't listened to and they're not needing to be engaged. So just to get into some of the things that we think, for example, would help this, which I think answers this question a bit, is we really re we recommend something like a national civic service for young people. This is something we've heard about a lot in the past, but we're recommending a slightly different version of it. So it would be a voluntary system where 18 to 35 year olds are encouraged to do 10 days of civic service a year. And this could be in community groups and helping in charities and these things with the idea to sort of engage with their community, find like-minded people um, and feel value in doing that volunteering because what we find at the moment is people don't have the time or the flexibility or often just the money to do these things. They're, they're very caught up in what their, their own worlds and trying to support their own families and quite limited time that actually they're not able to engage in these other things. Brilliant, yeah, I mean, it sounds fascinating. and. Do you think the International Day of Friendship and, and things like that, which is run by the UN, do you think that could go hand in hand with what you're trying to do? So I think so. I mean, that in, inherently, I think people want, want friends. They want to feel they're part of their community. And so people don't need to be told it's a good thing. But actually, this is often something that sits back in part of the sort of political agenda and isn't something that people go forward for and try and actively change and something this report's trying to say is actually this is this is something that is increasingly the case and will only grow worse if we don't try and fix it so all these initiatives like the international day of friendship are definitely a positive step towards trying to put it at the front of the agenda and saying this is actually really important and something we need to respond to That was Francesca from the Onward Think Tank. And I think it's really fascinating because it links in as well to how alienation or how people have been alienated during COVID. But there's also the other side of it where long term friends. And I think I've had friends that I've had nearly all my life. And I would never think that a pandemic would be able to, to damage that friendship. And it really hasn't. So it's nice to think about the other side of things rather than the alienation. Do you guys feel the same? 
Yeah, completely. I know for a fact, like a lot of my really close friends actually have moved abroad. And I think because of COVID, we, it's become a lot more normal for us to have video chats and to be able to catch up with them like that. And I think probably had that not happened, we wouldn't have been in quite as close contact as we are now. So actually that's been a side of it that's been really nice. Mm. What about you, Catherine? Um, so my friend who I've known for the longest time, we first met when we were about eight and our lives have kind of gone down quite different paths. Like she's married now. And she lives back near where I grew up with her husband. They've got a job. They've got a house together. And it's like completely different to be like still renting, still like trying to sort my life out. But like it doesn't, in a way, because we've known each other so long and there's like almost no one else who knows me like she does. That It, it doesn't matter like how different our lives are or like how often we see each other. Um, you know, whether that be over Zoom or in real life, like whatever happens, we always just sort of slip back into the same routine. Like she's been in my life for so long that pandemic or no pandemic, like I just can't imagine my life without her. I always think that's the case with older friends. Like and my situation is very similar in that my oldest friend, we couldn't be more different if we tried. And I think it's really interesting that when you meet new friends, you tend to be a lot more similar or have a lot more in common. And actually with friends that you've known for a while, your friends because it's them and you absolutely love them but yeah there's definitely you've gone down completely different paths and I guess that's just completely natural as well what about you Lauren yeah it's so weird you guys say that because I have the exact same thing I've lived across from my friend literally as as long as I can remember I think we were both born in the same house and we've just grown up together it's like over 22 years but we yeah we couldn't be more different I was always I went off to uni I was quite academic out of school as soon as she could She's getting a job. Yeah, she's got a boyfriend. She's thinking of moving out. So weird that we're so different. But when we're together, we have the best time. And yeah, as Kathy said, I couldn't imagine my life without her. So it's, yeah, it's really nice. Those kind of non-judgmental relationships. It's almost like a family at that point, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, you would exactly. never really be without them. Like what I say or what I do, like, you know, she's always going to be there and like vice versa. We're joined by Rebecca and Mascana. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Hello, hello. So in this section, we're going to put your friendship to the test with a couple of questions mm. to see how much you know about each other and if you have stood the test of time um, and stood the pandemic test to become even closer friends. Are you guys up for it? Yeah. I guess so. So would you like to just tell us a bit about yourself um, and introduce yourselves? First of all, you go first, Mascana. Okay. Well, I'm Mascana Sinteyu. Um, I'm currently doing my NCTJ with these amazing girls. And yeah, a bit about myself. I like to <laughs> like to sing and play the keyboard in my free time. Um, and that is, is about what's in my head right now. So Rebecca, you go ahead. You've probably got more to say than I do, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm Rebecca Seam. Uh, I'm 24 and I just, I, I was forced to be on it. I'm joking. No, I, I, love, <laughs> you know, I love life. Um, yeah, I'm from Tottenham. Not going to go too much further into that. Um, yeah. And how did you guys meet? Well, how did we meet Muscana? I was born. Yeah, I was born. 
I was born and then Muscana was born four, four <laughs> months later. Um, our parents actually were friends before this. So we're kind of friends by default aren't we but Basically. we that but sounds we, quite negative but no no we're friends <laughs> by friendship we, exactly we yes yeah but we met through our parents and then we decided later on that we actually like each other and we will okay. continue on with the friendship and now we're best friends yeah Aww. so well, are you guys ready <laughs> yeah this might make or break it are you prepared <laughs> i think you it's know maybe, well, it's been 24 years. I mean, a, 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 a uh, what's it called? A little Mr. or Mrs. quiz can't break us, can it? It'll be interesting to see how much we know about each other. No, because yeah, I feel I like sometimes it's just questions you wouldn't necessarily ask each other on a yeah, you know what I mean, on a conversation yeah. basis. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we know about each other. So we're going to start off easy. We've got one easy question, one medium, and then to finish off, we've got a hard one. And I'll do the first question. So this should be quite an easy one. What is the other one's favourite colour? Okay, so Rebecca's favourite colour is black. <laughs> <laughs> is she right? She is right, yeah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and what's my Yours... <laughs> Yours, I'd say, is actually. I see you wear this colour quite a bit, so I'm going to say orange. Ooh. Right. Right. They were both right. <laughs> we know each other. <laughs> you are actual friends. Congratulations. Orange is a bold This is just the beginning, guys. This is just the beginning. So, the medium question is what do you think the other person likes best about you? Ooh. So, Muscana, what do you think Rebecca likes best about you? Oh, my gosh. What does Rebecca like about me? See, Rebecca, yeah, she's, she's, a, she's a hype woman. So there's many things that I could say she likes about me. <laughs> so, and that makes me sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I promise I'm not. It's just the person that Rebecca is. Um, it's not about me, love. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one thing. It doesn't have to be just one thing. This is hard. Got five more seconds on my. This clock. is when you insert. I need like options. I need like I need like a multi-choice. Just think of anything because mm. I've thought of it. Aww. Yeah, of course you did. But this is like this is me thinking about what you think I'm. <laughs> it's very meta. I really don't know. I feel like Rebecca should start. Okay, you go first, Ribs. Okay, so I say what I think that she thinks yeah. Yeah. of me. I'm always up for a laugh, I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what would you have said? I'd say Rebecca's a good, she's a good listener. As in, like, when you tell her stuff. Like she'll listen to you and she'll give you advice. Funnily enough, I know you're supposed to do it, we're probably supposed to do it the other way around, but that was going to be my thing about you. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Would you have said that? I really would have. I literally, that was the one thing I had in my head. Mad. Okay. You're very mm -hmm. good listeners. I you got like off the hook there, Mascana. <laughs> huh? So you got off the hook there, Mascana. I did. I did. I All right, Lauren. The top quality for friends. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is for sure. So now on to the final question, the hardest question that will test your friendship. Drum roll, please. Ready to to delete this contact. (laughs) What do you think the other's favourite memory of you both is? Well, could be a good. You're talking memory. Wow. Yeah. We have an album of memories. (laughs) Oh, that's adorable. We're getting reflective now. This is so bad. My memory, because we've had so many lol moments, we do, the memory yeah. that came to mind was like the one negative one that I had. Oh. Oh. What's the negative could be a one sad that you memory? had? Go on. <laughs> but to me, I that, I think that made me realise how much like I needed you as a friend. I don't know. Oh. I Stop. Did you guys ever, ever fall out or anything? It wasn't like a bad fallout, but it was basically when we were like, Wait, how old were we? We were something like 13 or something. And mm. we'd gone on like um, a church retreat thing to Holland. And mm. Rebecca was like the only like friend, like close friend that I had. Um, and <laughs> at that time, Rebecca decided to make a new friend when we were there. And it, it really, it really, really hurt me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm laughing now, but I remember then it was quite a sad and like, boring experience for me and I literally had to like hang out with our brothers and stuff because there was no one else for me to hang out with because Rebecca was like so focused oh my god and then to be fair by the end of it we kind of we kind of made up um because I I told her that I was yeah I missed her and that I wanted to be friends again yeah why did I share a sad one it was just the first one that was really sad but that no that friendship you know you realize how much you and I was no longer friends with that other girl (laughs) oh yeah I wonder what happened to her we both we both became still in Holland to this day (laughs) we We left her in Holland (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's so funny because there's so we actually do have lots of different moments um and I don't know why this isn't even a memory but I just know I can just see a picture of us two when we were younger I had a broken arm and we were sitting on a bench (laughs) just just jamming like I genuinely just remember that like my memories are so bad but I remember that picture and I remember that moment as well um we're just really like laughing and having a good time that was that was that was good um, i feel like we should share wait i'm pretty sure i could show you guys this moment <laughs> i feel like i have it on my instagram yeah we could show you guys <laughs> it, it won't work for, podcast, have it on but for us it, it would be nice yeah. it'll be enjoyable yeah well i think your friendship most definitely has stood the test even if you did say different answers about each other every time i mean 24 years you can't argue with 24 years, guys. No, you absolutely can't. You're in it for life. Do you think there's another yeah, 24 in it? Oh, oh, I think there's more than... <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll live that Until long. Until the end, baby. Mm-hmm. Aww. The end. Ride or die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, girls. It's been lovely Thank having you. you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. So we've talked a lot about old friends and people we've known for a long time. 
But what about when it comes to making new friends, especially in your 20s, got a new job, it's the age of the coronavirus pandemic, um, stressful jobs and social media. What do you guys think about that? It's a completely different ball game, isn't it? Making friends in your 20s. I guess it's like we were saying earlier, you're kind of handed your friends on a plate when you go to school or if your parents force you, I don't know, to join the brownies or the scouts or swimming or whatever, then yeah. you've got a ready-made set of friends. And it's the same at uni, I think, because like Freshers' Week and all of that sort of thing is such a weird experience that you're just kind of bonded to people so quickly. And I think it can be quite terrifying kind of coming out into that adult world and maybe you're in an office with people that are 30, 40 years older than you. And so you don't really have necessarily that set of ready-made friends. And especially given COVID, how have you guys managed to meet people over the past year? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's quite a difficult one. I feel like, obviously, as you said, Elena, it's, you always have to try and find out who you are when, when you leave school and leave education and stuff. And I think finding out what you like and then you meet friends through that maybe. And um, I think obviously doing this course and doing the NCT training, it's been great because we've been able to meet people that are of a similar mindset or want to be journalists. But then also I think I've met some amazing people that have done amazing things that I never thought that I would be into. Like I've done new things with them. Like, for instance, we've gone indoor bouldering or played darts at darts club. And I feel like that's a new way of making new friends. And although we couldn't do them social things when we was in lockdown, we met on Zoom. So we tried to make an established friendship on Zoom. Like we had Zoom socials and stuff like that. And, and then we was able to take that out into the real world when the lockdown ended sort of thing. What do you guys think? Yeah. And also it feels like during this course, because it's been such an intense experience, we, that's sort of helped us to bond because if someone's having like a difficult time or they're struggling with something, you know that you can reach out to people and they'll be like, oh yeah, I feel the same. Or if you need advice on anything, there's people on this course that, you know, have particular areas of expertise. And it's really nice knowing that you could always reach out to someone if you needed to. I think that's been really helpful, especially coming out of quite a lonely year. And I know with doing this course as well, like people have had to move. Like I know both of you do now rent in London and stuff like that. Like how did you find that moving to a new city and not knowing anyone or anything like that? Well, a lot of my friends did live in London, but the house I've moved into, one of my housemates, Elaine, who's also on our course, we've become close like really, really quickly. So that's been really, really nice. And like, I've introduced her to some of my friends and started inviting her to hang out with them. And also, I think since I've moved back here, I've been able to meet my friends' friends now that we're having more sort of social events together so I've met quite a lot of new people just from like being at parties or like going to the pub and sort of met them through my friends. Yeah I think the thing I've really noticed about making friends now is that you kind of have to be a lot more shameless about it because you have to make so much more of an effort so for example if you join something then following people up with a message or inviting them out for brunch or coffee it's almost like dating. I actually joined an adult cheer team just full of people of a similar age in London and it was actually really nice because pretty much everybody joined that with the intention of making new friends so we just have so many social get-togethers and stuff and it's been really nice being able to kind of make different circles of friends so through doing that maybe through doing radio or actually having to make that physical effort and be quite shameless and yeah I have a hobby and I'm going to use this to make friends has been really nice in giving you something to do and also in meeting new people but I think it's kind of taught me that everybody wants to make friends people aren't going to be nasty 
and actually yeah. maybe sometimes it is worth sending a message I don't know how do you guys feel yeah I couldn't agree more with that I think people spend too long maybe overthinking or being hesitant about it or what if they didn't actually like me what if I came across weird it's making first impressions that I think is the hardest thing to deal with and being like oh I'm never going to see them again or anything like that but I think if you take the initiative put out a message it will be so well received and the other person was probably thinking the same thing so it's just taking taking that leap and being like yeah let's go out for coffee or let's have brunch or even a, a pub drink like if you drink I think having that experience and getting a little bit tipsy together just breaks down barriers so yeah I couldn't agree with you more That'd be so grateful, I think, that you've messaged as well. Like, I know if anyone ever messages me first, I love it. And I'm yeah. sure that other people actually feel the complete same way. So, yeah. And then before you know I, it, you're chatting on a regular basis or, like, you're making jokes and things like that, and it becomes so much more relaxed. Yeah, absolutely. One of my best friends has this mantra that's like, we're all going to be dead one day, so you might as well, like, go for it. You've got to just put yourself out there. And I think that's quite good to be applied to every area of life and work and socialising and you know it might well work out if you do put yourself out there and then you get a negative response that's probably not the kind of person you'd want to be friends with anyway so what's the worst that can happen although I do appreciate that for some people I think it can be a big deal and I completely understand that and actually I think that brings us on quite nicely to I chatted to Pippa who's the CEO and founder of the City Girl Network which is basically a network. They have branches in loads of different cities across the UK that organise meetups and get-togethers for people like us and older to kind of make new friends or make people that might be feeling slightly lonely to have that kind of support network. And they organise loads of different activities. So it's really great to sit down with her and find out a little bit more about what they do. Would you be able to just start by giving our listeners a little bit of background into what the City Girl Network is, how it started, what you guys aim to do? Of course. The City Girl Network is a social network helping women um, really of all ages, but it is primarily the sort of um, in the 20s to connect. Um, we do that through our Facebook groups at the moment, though we're building on other social platforms too. Um, we also do it through a magazine. So we've got a few hundred writers, actually, who write for our magazine, which is great. So we have a really, really busy um, Slack channel where those friendships can cultivate as well, as well as creating some really like, cool content. Um, and we also have events as well. They have, of course, been virtual over the last year, but we are just creeping with a couple of real life events um, in all of our cities as really trying to make it as COVID safe as possible. The way that it started is actually, it started in Brighton with myself. So I just realised I didn't have the friends that I really needed. So I was walking along the beach one day, I saw a girl that looked honestly just like me. And it was really, really amazing, serendipity moment. She was looking out to sea. For me, I was like, oh, I wonder if she's feeling so lonely and, um, and just like friendless, I guess. I, I sort of thought to myself like, oh, you know wonder if there's another kind of Brighton girl out there like me that I could be friends with and I wonder if it's her. I didn't even go up to her that day but I just immediately wrote this mission statement for what Brighton girls should be and, and what it should represent which was very much about having a guide that was going to help you with uh, getting through that life in your 20s. I created a coffee meetup in Brighton just to sort of get to know people. All of those 17 girls that I met are still people that I'm in touch with today. I've been to their weddings, I've been to their baby showers, and they've been there at times when I've needed them. And it really just has grown 
exponentially from there. What do you think the main differences are, like making friends as an adult versus making friends when you're in school or university? Because obviously it's a completely different ball game. It is a completely different ball game. My theory is that when you're at school, in college and university, somebody else is curating a social hub for you. So if you imagine um, when I, I went to Sheffield University and when I was there, I was part of the union and I created a magazine and I made all these friends. So it was sort of forced friendship, if you like. You don't have that when you leave. You, you don't have that at all. You've got that in, um, in your workplace. And often what keeps people in workplaces for longer than they actually need to or longer than their careers require them to and it often kind of can be quite limiting if that's what you've got to hold on to so what I've really really loved about creating the City Girl Network has been actually creating that saving grace and that hub for that person. Obviously you do your events and your meetups what were you doing before Covid and how's that kind of changed? Well um, it's been really interesting because before the pandemic I was really busy. We were running 124 events a month in all of our cities and that included uh, book club meetups, drinks, coffee meetups, yoga clubs, walking clubs, running clubs, panel events as well. We did inspiring talks. We also did craft events, parties. Honestly it was just so much and I'm really looking forward to those coming back I think I should be clear about. How it changed in the pandemic is that, um, first of all, I had the horrible shock of having all of our events cancelled overnight. So that was really horrendous. And, you know, we've been very lucky, but there was definitely a time when I thought, oh, my God, are we actually going to survive this? But we actually doubled our membership during the pandemic, which is really interesting because people were honestly just joining our groups in absolute fire it was it was amazing and they became busier and busier and just loads of conversations were happening my job as the founder and ceo actually became about um obviously motivating all of our volunteers and pivoting them onto digital but actually it was about helping victims of domestic violence and sexual assault and people who are becoming homeless and losing their jobs to actually get the help and support they needed. That isn't such a high percentage of our membership, but it was still kind of um, just over 100. So that was really quite a tough time, actually. You know, I'm personally not trained in that, but a lot of the domestic violence and sexual health um, services were completely overrun and underfunded and had, you know, COVID restrictions. So there were quite, quite a few dozen um, girls within our network that I helped to house within the houses of the city girl community so it changed in that sense I think the other thing that changed for the pandemic is that a lot more um, togetherness and community came out of it as well so um, actually it was during the pandemic when we started to see an enormous rise in anonymous posting and what I mean by that is people saying you know I'm going through this really heavy situation, either in the workplace or with a relationship or with a landlord. And I could really do with the help of you, basically, of your community. And, you know, our admins would post them up onto our groups and we would just see the community really pull together. It was a very bittersweet pandemic. Now that we're hopefully coming out of it, I really feel that we're actually a more sustainable network than we were before. And I can see this going on for hopefully a very long time. And what is your hope for the future? How do you see it expanding and growing? 
Well, I'm a very ambitious person. So <laughs> world domination is always going to be my answer to that. I want to be in every single city. But most importantly, I really, really want to make an impact with the City Girl Network, you know, whether that be, you know, helping people through employment tribunals and, and of course, you know, growing from domestic violence situations or quite literally just having a really fun time in life and doing something really different. My eventual plan is to create a foundation to help women to um, get capital basically for their business. If there are any girls that are maybe hesitant or a bit nervous to come to meetups or to get involved or maybe a bit shy, what would you say to them? I would say that we have created the Cisco Network for women like them. Yeah, it's there for, of course, the extrovert, let's get out there and do things. But primarily, every single city girl is going to be worried about attending an event. So that's one thing to be aware of. The other thing is that our volunteer groups and our community groups, they are there to help to integrate women into the event. So please trust that we absolutely know what you are going through and what you're worried about. And the best thing to do is just to drop us an email beforehand and we can just make sure you're all set up. Someone can meet you beforehand as well. Um, so there is a real support network to help you into the community. Amazing. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on this International Day of Friendship. We hope you have a lovely one. We thought it'd be a nice way to finish by throwing this out to you guys, telling us what you want to recognise today. Bye. Bye! Bye! To me, friendship is when you feel better about having seen or talked to someone, no matter how you felt beforehand. Their presence should make your life better. To me, friendship is everything, especially as someone without any siblings. I feel like I view friends as sort of an extended family. You know, friends are people you choose to spend time with because they add fulfillment to your life in so many different ways. And friends are probably the most important relationships you can have and foster because they're so fundamental to your everyday experiences. For me, friendship is having someone who's there for good times and the not so good times they spring from the most unlikely places and I think during Covid as well everyone's friendships have had to adapt so going from nights out or hanging out to zoom quizzes so it's nice to see that coming full circle. A friend is someone who has probably seen you when you're feeling your very best and your very worst it's someone who appreciates you for who you are you can experience the world and just have a laugh with along the way.